Welcome, friends. You're listening to the Swears and Does Hair podcast for bridal hairstylists and makeup artists looking to take their business to new levels. Here we tackle topics such as mindset, finances, balancing business with motherhood, and healthy strategies to keep your body and mind supporting your business rather than holding it back. I'm your host, Sue Minsky, business coach for bridal hairstylists and creator of the Next Level Bridal Business Program. Thanks for joining me. I can't wait to dig into today's topic, so let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Swears and Does Hair podcast. I am your host, Sue Minsky, and today I have a special guest. Her name is Katie. She is a wedding planner in Northern Virginia. Her company is called Tilly and Teal. And today she and I are going to be talking about vendor relationships and communication between uh, hair and makeup artists and wedding planners for wedding days. What can we all do to work together uh, a little bit better? Because not a lot of people have... Um, experience working with wedding planners. It may be something that you haven't really done on a regular basis before. So hopefully today we can help to kind of bring a little bit of insight on some best practices, what's going to make the whole process go a lot more smoothly for you. So thank you so much for joining me today, Katie. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Awesome. So why don't you tell us a little bit about um, who you are, what you do? Virginia, Virginia in and of itself, um, the DMV area, obviously not your, your car building where you go get your license, but <laughs> <laughs> Maryland Virginia area, I always have to disclaim because people are like, wow. I know, they're like, DMV, what is that? It's like, oh, it's a, <laughs> no, it's a DC no. thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, so, Tilly and Teal was established in 2016. It is named after my cat in favorite color, so... Um, thankfully, Tilly does not ask for a bit of commission, but she does <laughs> a lot to do with the business. Um, she's our uh, keyboard peddler, making sure all the things look really great on the other end, too. Um, you can find us more on www.tillyandteal.com, and you can see Tilly and um, her favorite snacks and treats and all that kind of stuff. But at any rate, um, established in 2016, um, and this actually, <laughs> the wedding planning business fell in my lap. Um, I actually have a degree in theology with a concentration in parish youth leadership, which is a really of saying student ministry. Yes. Oh, yeah. that's so interesting. I didn't know that. But there you go. The more you know. So yeah. I, I went to a four-year institution in Southwest Virginia, and I thought I was going to be youth pastor for the rest of my life, which I did actually serve on a staff. Um, actually, it was the church that I was pretty much born and raised and grew up in. Um, I mm-hmm. was on staff for them for about four years, and then... You know, faith is a really big part of my life, obviously, and a part of my business. And so the Lord said, well, Tilly and Teal actually can financially contribute to your household income. <laughs> so we're going to uh-huh. shift you a little bit. So that was super cool. So I actually started the business in 2016, like I had mentioned. I was on staff at a church in 2016, built the biz during, um, you know, the next four years. And then I officially took it full time. Like it's actually like contributing to my household income, like as a full time capacity. In September of 2020, so I did oh, wow. this full time. It ends during the pandemic, um, and God's blessed it ever since then. So 
Um, it's been amazing. We are a team of seven. Um, I have a wonderful, wonderful team. Um, I've got an associate planner and several wedding day assistants and also up-and-coming associate planners as well. And so that's how we're able to serve um, various capacities and various people, which is amazing. We also um, specialize in the simple and intentionally detailed weddings around the DMV area. And a lot of people are like, what does that even mean? Glad you asked. Well, really simple and intentionally detailed is that we really focus on the simple designs. Um, we love the glam and we love all the more um, lavish weddings. However, that's mm-hmm. what we specialize in. And there's a lot of that, like in the DC area. I've got oh, yeah. Colleagues who are great with that. But we really specialize in the simplistic. And also our clientele are those that are really wanting to bring in um, intentional details, heirlooms into their design. They really want to make their wedding day all about um, them. And that's just so cliche, I feel like, for a wedding planner. But, you know, they want to bring in heirlooms and they want to um, display those or find out, use an inspiration from, like, Grandma's Garden and put that in um, the bride's bouquet, things of that nature, too. So that's kind of where we're a little bit of a niche uh, mm-hmm. planner um, and planning company. So, but yeah, that's just a little bit about us. Awesome. Well, that's really cool that you went full time in September of 2020. Um, I did not know that. That's really cool. Um, so it just goes to show you that, you know, when you have, you know, a good business and a good business model and you understand, you know, branding and niching because, you you know, we're just talking about what you guys specialize in Um that no matter what's kind of going on in the world, you can still run a successful business. I think a lot of people have kind of gotten off track in the last few years using the pandemic as kind of an excuse for why their business hasn't grown or why they can't afford to invest in their business or all these things where they're like, well, I can't because the pandemic right now, the pandemic did this, the pandemic did that. And it's like, well, I mean, maybe it's just that you need to work on your business a little bit better because there are still plenty of other companies who are able to flourish um, because they have those systems in place. So, um, yeah. I just save your coin. That's all that I that's what I try to like explain. Uh-huh. Some people when they do ask me, like, how did you take your business like full time, like in the middle of the pandemic? And I yeah, obviously that's a whole conversation for a different day. But um, mm-hmm. I told them I just saved my coin as much as I possibly could, um, and things of that nature. And then also, yeah, a lot of prayer, <clears throat> God's grace and a lot of support and some side hustling. I will I did do some side hustling. Yes. <laughs> yes. But, you know, the strategic investments, you know, don't willy nilly go spending your money on on other things, identifying, you know, hey, what's actually going to move the needle forward in my business? Here's where I want to invest. Here's what's going to turn around and get me the kind of results that will help me grow this. So, absolutely. So uh, let's talk a little bit about working with wedding planners from the bridal um, hair and makeup side of things. Um, I've been fortunate to work with a lot of wedding planners and have some really amazing experiences. I've worked with your company before, and you're definitely one of the top planners in the area that I recommend 
um, whenever people are asking. So, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. You guys were fantastic. Um, and the fact that one of my previous brides now works for you, I think is like super awesome. So I'm like, yeah. So between Katie and Rena, like you got two of my favorite people. So you're all set. But um, I've had some really frustrating experiences as well. And I think that, I mean, no matter what you do in the, the wedding vendor kind of realm, there's always going to be the people who don't really know what they're doing, um, but still charge people <laughs> for their ineptitude. So um, when people are working with planners, sometimes they have a bad taste in their mouth because there are people who you know, they call themselves planners and they really, they don't have that same level of, you know, experience and understanding of what each side of the industry kind of goes through. So for anybody that's listening who has had a poor experience with planners, trust me when I say not everybody's the same, but um, after as many uh, poor experiences that I have had, I have learned that there are a few little universal things that um, I can do on my end to kind of protect that um, and to make sure that the communications and the experience goes as flawlessly as possible um, for you know, my bride, myself, and the planner. So that's kind of what's spurring today's kind of topic of conversation of if you're working with a planner for the very first time, what are steps and things that you can do to kind of make sure that everybody stays on the same page, um, understanding what the expectations are from your standpoint, from our standpoint, those kinds of things. So when a hair or makeup artist is booked for a wedding um, and they find out that their bride is working with a wedding planner, in uh, your opinion, what do you think is the most important, like, first thing that they should really do and understand about how you work um, with your brides and work with her vendors? Oh, yeah. Great question. So, typically, um, what is the ideal situation is that, um, and this is, this actually can be applied to most other vendors as well. So this kind of, yeah, it's kind of like a more generalized um, way of going about it. Um, mm -hmm. is, but especially from the hair and makeup artist standpoint, um, if you've gotten word that your bride now and, you know, her bridesmaids or whomever else is getting services from you um, has uh, told you or communicated with you that they have a planner and or coordinator, um, mm -hmm. then the immediate one is, okay, what is their role? Meaning, um, did you hire a full service planner? Are they just event management, AKA like the whole month of coordination mm -hmm. or day of coordination? What is that planner's role um, as well? And then once you figure out that and what the planner coordinator's role is with that bride, then I then would take the next step in reaching out to that planner. Okay, cool. Do you have a point of contact information for your planner coordinator? I'd love to reach out and just say hi, introduce myself, things like that too. Um, maybe it's a planner that you have worked with beforehand and um, hopefully you have a great relationship with them. Um, mm -hmm. Or even in a sense, if you have worked with this planner before and y'all don't really vibe that well too, just in any capacity, regardless if you have worked with them, have not, good experience, bad experience, just reach out, 
um, introduce yourself saying like, hey, I am so-and-so's um, hair and makeup artist, or if you're just supplying hair services, makeup services, whatever is applicable to you, um, just wanted to let you know that they are moving forward in contracting us um, for services. This right now is what they're contracting us for initially. So kind of, you know, just giving an overview, mm-hmm. like, this is what we talked about, kind of doing like a, a breakdown or a debrief or a summary. Um, exactly. Things like that. And so then once you reach out there, and even in that same piece, because I would definitely recommend doing it in an email. I wouldn't necessarily cold call somebody, send an email, um, ask, you know, and then follow up with what is your role, even if the client mm-hmm. has already communicated to you of what that um, planner coordinator's role is. Sometimes, and I love all of my brides, sometimes there might be some things in, like, lost of communication. And some yep. people would say, like, well, that just means then that they're confused about what you're offering them. Yes and no, sometimes. Um, but uh, I would just, again, in that same intro email, I would just say, hey, um, you know, what is your role in this? Um, how, like, what are some expectations that you have for me during the communication process or during mm-hmm. the rest of the planning process? What are some expectations um, that I could have of you, like, you know, will you be contacting me? Are you the point of contact? Just kind of laying out those ground rules, kind of getting all of those kinks out just so that there's no crosswire um, whatsoever. And so then, um, yeah, if you sign the email of like, yep, so excited to work with you, happy to hear from you um, or expect to hear from you soon. Um, my hope is that obviously then that the planner would or planner coordinator would reach back out or respond and say like, yep, this is our role. This is our expectations. This is what we're going to be expecting together. Here's my process as well. Again, mm-hmm. if a planner that you've never worked with before. Um, yeah, every like you had said, Sue, like every planner coordinator is very different. Their processes, though, we may be delivering maybe same services, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> across the board, but um, their particular process might be just a little bit different. So you definitely want to get clarification. Um, and so, and that's also to me. Um, if I, I don't get it very often, I'll be honest with you. I don't get like an initial email saying like, Hey, so-and-so just booked me. Can't wait. There is a couple of people that will do that, uh-huh. um, which I absolutely love, but I, that just makes my heart sing <laughs> when yeah. I do get those emails, I get those intros because then one, I know now who she's booked, um, mm-hmm. her vendor team. I can add it onto her planning corner that we have together, but then two, then, um, if I have worked with that person beforehand, I'm then at that point, I'm like, okay, cool. Like I know their process. I know how they work. I know what they're going to be needing. And I can already mm-hmm. kind of keep that in mind as we do continue the planning process together. And I can continue to keep them in the loop and I'm not, you know, planning blindly, if that makes sense too. So, yeah. 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 I think that's really important to kind of establish that first line of communication and to clarify what the expectations are on both sides, because sometimes I feel like we're expecting that, you know, or at least from a hair and makeup standpoint, that the planner is not necessarily going to be as involved with us because there's really not very much that like we do. We're, we're not a venue. We're not catering. You know, we're not flowers, things like that. We communicate. We're very used to communicating directly with our brides. And um, sometimes a planner may be expecting us to provide more information. Or I, I think I, I find that the, the biggest miscommunication, so to speak, when it comes to uh, expectations is regarding timelines. Oh, yeah. Because we write our timeline and we are, we're usually the very first vendor that a, a bride is coming into contact with on the wedding day. 
And so our scheduling kind of sets off like the whole rest of the day. It's determined based on, you know, location and head counts and what time photos are starting and like all these other things that play into how we set our timeline. But I find that whenever I do kind of have quote unquote issues or whatnot with planners, it's usually somehow regarding a timeline. So I think like you said, you know, setting that expectations of, okay, hey, here is the timeline. Here's what the bride has booked us for. Here's what our timing needs are. Um, this is the time frame that we have set with the bride and communicating that with the planner um, right at the outset, I think is a huge, huge thing that people can do because then it doesn't come down to down the line where, you know, a planner is like, oh, well, I had the timeline for what you're going to be doing as, you know, nine to one or something like that. And we're like, wait a second, you know, we've, we've already discussed with the bride that we need to start at like 7am or something along those lines, you know, um, because brides don't always, uh, communicate that to, (laughs) to wedding planners. And if you've never worked with them before, they may not understand what you're, what your timing is like and how long things take. So, yeah. I would add too, like, this is where um, that whole timing and, like, the timeline building, um, you really should be expecting, again, like I said, like, and, you know, we've all agreed that planner coordinators, everyone is different. However, there are some basic foundational things, I think, that a planner coordinator needs to definitely do. And obviously one of the big uh, roles and responsibilities that they have Mm-hmm. building a timeline like that's literally like your job yeah <laughs> so exactly and so with that um from my standpoint and the, like the way that we do things is that this is a collaborative effort um I me particularly I am not a planner where I'm like hey once I'm hired like it is I'm the ruler now of the kingdom <laughs> type thing like you all have to do what I say it's a collaborative effort it should be uh-huh. a collaborative effort um I don't dictate to my photographers like how long like they only have for like family portraits I don't know how long it takes you to snap a picture I mean every mm-hmm. same thing with flat lays and details in the in the beginning of like in the morning um, mm-hmm. when hair and makeup is finishing up like I don't I don't do you need 30 minutes do you need an hour like things like every photographer is different every hair and makeup artist is different as well like do you need some I've worked with hair and makeup artists where they each service is only 30 minutes I'm like okay that's pretty quick Average wise, I've been told it's forty five minutes for like a hair service, makeup service. Mm-hmm. Different, obviously things. Like yeah. That. So, but your planner coordinator really should be reaching out to you um, towards like obviously as we're getting closer to the day that the hair makeup teams that I work with, um, especially if they work with me um, several times or just on a continual basis, is that mm-hmm. they know that they're going to get a templated email from me. Um, and that is, that's where my checks and balances are coming in from. I actually put in that template email, like, hey, hair makeup friends, because it goes out to the entire vendor team. And I tell, like, I ask the hair makeup friends specifically in that email, hey, hair makeup friends, how long do you need in order to execute the number of contracted services that you currently have? And so once my hair makeup artist, like, they'll send it back to me saying, like, hey, we need four hours, we need five hours. Um, then, um, that's when they obviously will, they'll normally say like, okay, when do you need them ready by at this point? And I will say, okay, base four or five hours. This is where, you know, the photographer is going to be here for an eight hour day. So if I need hair makeup done to be a hard stop at one o'clock, 
then we'll have you start service. Then if I do my math correctly and I double check with them, obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll start at eight or if you need to get there at seven or whatever that looks like, um, things like that. And so that's how the collaborative effort really should be. Um, Mm -hmm. I, it would break my absolute heart to hear. And I'm, yeah, so I'm sure it's happened to you before. I'm sure hair makeup artists can, um, feel for this across the world and where you probably had a planner come to you in an email saying hey this is the timeline and like you had just said like you look at the timeline you're like this is wrong this is not we don't have oh yeah (laughs) nope like I can't do that in that amount of time or whatever have you or yes like you said like we talked to the bride like this is how much time you there just needs to be that connection and so that planner coordinator and then like the hair makeup artist there needs to be communication and don't don't depend on your bride to communicate that because she's already got so many other things that are going on she might mess it up again they don't know what they don't know so mm-hmm. so we have to collaborate together in order to have a successful wedding day and again yeah i'm gonna echo what you said earlier hair makeup y'all the first people to show up <laughs> so, yeah um and if we don't start on time or if there was miscommunication beforehand, it really does cause a domino effect. And all of that can be relieved um, literally by like one or two phone calls. So yeah. I just highly recommend if you haven't heard from a planner coordinator about maybe like a month or so prior to wedding day, I would reach out. If you haven't already done that intro email that I'm encouraging you to do, like we talked about, I would reach mm-hmm. out and just be like, hey, um, you know, I just want to confirm, have you got a final timeline? Do you have a draft? You know, things like that. How soon can we get into the venue? Sometimes venues have those restrictions. You can only get oh, yeah. There's, there's been instances, I'm sure, so that you can, you've related to where it's like, hey, wait a minute, we can't get into the venue until 12. Well, and the bride was planning on getting ready at the venue. Well, this thing won't work. <laughs> so we got to find another location. I've had to do all of that, too, where we're now collaborating on different hair and makeup setups locations things like that too just because yeah there was um again crossfire you know what i mean so yeah i think i think the earlier that this communication can happen the better because um like every time i hear you talk about like a month beforehand my heart like skips a beat because in my mind that is just like that is so 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 late (laughs) to do anything at that point from our standpoint like um, the second we, when, when we sign a contract, we've already had a conversation with the bride and we've already laid out the timing because that's details that have to go into a contract between hair and makeup. Like for, for, uh, we need to know, okay, this is how many people are on the contract. That's how long that we're going to need. This is going to have to be our start time. And, and this is going to be our, our end time. And the, you know, hair and makeup, we're booking six, nine, 12 months before the wedding day. Now, obviously like that can all shift because a lot of times brides are like, well, I have absolutely no idea what timing is going to look like on the wedding day at that point. So usually my first question with brides is, okay, so what time is your ceremony? And if they are like four o'clock, then I'm like, okay, then we need to have hair and makeup done by about one o'clock. And they're always like, what? And I'm like, trust me when I tell you in my 15 years of experience, three hours is not ridiculous. It may end up being more because it's like, you're not sliding on a dress and zipping up a zipper. Like 
Trying on your dress at home, yeah, may take you 30 seconds. With a photographer in the room, filled with your bridesmaids and your crying mama, that's going to be a 30-minute ordeal. Like, every single thing is like a pause, stand here, turn, look at the camera, hold on, move that thing from the background. Like, you're going to need three hours before your ceremony to get dressed, do photos, and then get hidden. And they're always like, what? And I'm like, yeah, you can't be out there taking photos, you know, 20, 30 minutes before your ceremony, you need to be hidden somewhere. All your guests are going to start showing up 20, 30 minutes before your ceremony. You do not want them walking in while you're trying to have a first look with your groom because people are going to interrupt you. They're going to want to walk over, say hello, give you a hug, tell you how beautiful you are. It's like, no, 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 no. All that needs to be completely done. And they're like, oh. So that's basically like how I set my timeline. So I'm like, okay, uh, we have X number of people. That's going to take five hours. Your ceremony's at four. We need to be done no later than one o'clock because that's probably when you guys are going to start your robe photos. So I'm like, okay, so we need five and a half hours on the time frame because five hours for services, 30 minutes of wiggle room. I'm going to be packing up and starting to pack up or starting to do touch-ups at 1230 now. And it's like, so that means we're starting at 730. And they're like, that's so early. And I'm like, yes, nobody told you to have 18 bridesmaids. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. The other thing, too, is like, like that's the big thing. Um, when, like, I have conversations with, like, my brides when it comes to budget, and they're like, well, we want to keep it with this budget. Like, how, what's the biggest way that we can um, eliminate, you know, spending so much money? And I'm like, your guest count. How do you yeah. eliminate spending, like, so much time in the hair and makeup chair? Your bridal party. Yeah, <laughs> so absolutely. Have more time. So, you yeah. have to kind of take those things into consideration. And I totally understand. If you want to have all eight of your sorority family, like, girls as your bridal party, that's awesome. But then you need to have the expectation then that y'all, it's it's going to be an early morning. Have some yep. says make sure you're picking up, you know, Panera breakfast in the morning then. Y'all are fueled, good to go, all that type of stuff too. Like, you know, you need yep. to prep your bridesmaids for it as well. Um, Sue, how many times have you had bridesmaids that are late? Uh, like every, (laughs) every single wedding, practically, regardless of how much you prep a bridal party, there's always going to be at least one person that comes rolling up with their sunglasses and their Starbucks still half hung over from the night before. And it's like, that's cool. You go at the end, my dear. Yeah. 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 Why don't you go take an ibuprofen? Why don't you like to go get some carbs into your system? Like, Mm -hmm. do it. Things like that, too. Yeah, I've had those calls, like, as a coordinator planner, like, from a hair makeup artist where it's like, um, I'm here, and nobody's yep. here. And I'm like, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> where's the bridal party? Yeah, one of the first questions, too, that I ask when I'm, like, going over things with brides once we've established timing is where do they want to get ready? And thankfully, I know the majority of the venues in the area, and I know which ones have restrictions. And I'm on, you know, preferred vendor lists for different venues. So I know, I'm like, okay, I, I worked that, that, you know, like Rixie Manor, where Rena's wedding was, you know, it, or not Rixie Manor, uh, Great Marsh. You know, it's like, I, I worked there like at least five or six weddings a season, you know? So it's like, okay, I know what time I know if you talk to them, you can get in a little earlier. I know that the gate at least is going to be open by 8am and I can, 
get in there and I can get into the building. You know, it's like all these little things where it's like, okay, having these kinds of conversations, it's also part of our responsibility of hair and makeup to have these proactive conversations with our brides and be like, this is how long it's going to take. Have you spoken to your venue? Or I know that venue has restrictions on timing. Here is where you're going to need to get ready. You're going to have to find a hotel. You're going to have to find an Airbnb and providing solutions at the out front. To me, that is part of my responsibility to help set those expectations and to help be like, okay, this is what we can do. This is what we can't do. Which option do you want to go with? Do you want me to find additional staff and we can get ready in a truncated time frame? Or do you want to get ready somewhere else? And I think being able to have those types of conversations from our end will help to facilitate things on your end because it's not a month before the wedding and now suddenly you're trying to write a timeline and you're like, wait, they need this much time. Nobody told me this and now this and you're trying to, you know, do those kinds of things. Because if we if we wait too long to have these conversations with brides, then they're kind of screwed a lot of times because now they're scrambling and they're going to end up paying a lot more um, for booking things last minute. So that's why like when I had said, like, if you haven't heard from a planner coordinator at like that 30 month mark, um, obviously I would, I would never want anyone to panic, but there should be a mm -hmm. panic in there, especially if you know, if you know that from your bride, you've already set that like communication, like I said, you know that your bride has hired a planner coordinator and you had not have heard from that person like third like before the 30 day mark or whatever then that is definitely when you need to like mm -hmm. want to make sure you cover your bases of like hey this is what we have in our contract that i just want to make sure that this is set and go obviously that's like the worst of the worst of what could happen i mm -hmm. hope and pray that um <laughs> that whatever planner coordinator that you do work with you've already had that communication right so remember yeah. just like we talked about in the beginning you can already set that precipice. Like you can go ahead and like, if you send that intro email um, out to that planner coordinator, as soon as you know, like who it is and you get that point of contact email. And if you send that correspondence, you're like, Hey, I'm just letting you know from the, like, Hey, this is who I am. Um, this is how much time that we need. Um, I understand that we are getting ready at this venue. Um, and then here, even to add on to that in that same intro email that we talked about, if you are now working at a venue that maybe you've never worked at before and you don't mm -hmm. know, um, asking that planner or coordinator because maybe they've worked there plenty of times and they already know in the uh -huh. intro email, introducing yourself and how many hours you need for their contracted services, go I, ask them, just straight up ask them, be like, Hey, absolutely. Yeah. At this and this venue, are you like, do you know what time you're able to get in in the morning? Um, mm -hmm. planner coordinator has that information. They should be responding back to you. Same thing. And like addressing all of those questions that you've asked them, or if they don't know either, maybe it's their first time working at this venue. Um, then it should be the planner coordinator's responsibility to reach out to the venue and find out that information right from the start. Because again, timeline building is a part of the coordinator's responsibility. And so then they should be saying, nope, I'm not aware currently. I don't know that information. Let me reach out to so-and-so um, venue and I will get back to you um, and let you know when's the earliest that we can have access to the property and then, you know, kind of go from there from there too. Like if I'm having like those intros emails, like being sent to me, 
um, in our planning portal that we have together, like with my couples, um, mm-hmm. there is a timeline feature, obviously. And so I can already, for me, it would make sense in my head that if I already know like how much time that I need from a hair and makeup artist, and I know then I find out the information of when we can access the property, I'm already plugging in into the draft timeline. It might be a whole year out before wedding day, but I want to go ahead and start plugging in that information now. So come time, 60, 90 days prior to wedding day, when I'm starting to build a timeline, I don't have mm-hmm. to scramble, right? Like, Absolutely, yeah. That information. So again, I think the whole moral of like what you and I are talking about is communication, communication, communication. It's always Absolutely. better to over-communicate than it is to just assume. Never assume. Exactly. And the earlier you can communicate with those people, the better. The better. Yes. Yeah. I have like a whole, I have a whole questionnaire that I send out to brides um, asking them, you know, all the details of where they're getting ready. Um, how far away is that from the ceremony location or is it the same, you know, who are they working with? Who's their photographer? Cause I want to reach out to the photographers too and say, Hey, you know, what time do you anticipate starting photos? Here's a draft of my timeline. Here's what time I have everybody um, anticipating finishing. And then I have a separate line on there that says, this is what time the bride should be finished because I always finish with the bride before the rest of the bridal party. You know, that way if they need to get started on a, on a few photos with the bride while I finish up with bridesmaids or something like that. You know, but I also ask a lot of questions about bridal party members. Like we were talking about, there's always that one person who's a little bit late. And one of my my questions is always, is there anybody in your bridal party that has a tendency to run late? You know, like, do I need to be aware of anybody who is super particular about how they like their hair or their makeup? Is there anybody with exceptionally long, thick or curly hair? You know, any of these kinds of little things, the more information and the more questions that I can have with my bride to kind of prepare for, you know, situations potentially, the better. And then the more I can have an idea of like what this wedding day is really going to look like. And I can communicate with those other vendors being like, hey, based on my conversation with the bride, I'm going to need this. And how do how do we make that work? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, it's all about a relationship together and then that's literally how everyone can win that's how yeah everyone can Mm -hmm. win and then at the end of the day bride and her girls and mama or grandma or flower girl like it's a whole win for everybody all parties involved exactly as long as you're working with a planner who actually like listens to what you have to say and doesn't just like steamroll you because I've had situations like that before um I have a particular wedding coming up that I'm thankful will be done soon because back in like March, we started to have this conversation when I talked with the the wedding planner and she sent me a draft of the timeline. And I was like, oh, um, you know, I sh- somehow that some communication fell through. That timing is not going to work. We cannot start at 9 a.m. We have to get started at seven o'clock in order to get everybody finished. I appreciate that you've written out this timeline. However, that's not going to work for me because like she had, she had done like 45 minutes for, you know, adult services and an hour for the bride, but she had like scheduled only 15 minutes for the flower girl. And I was like, I like to have this, the same amount of time, the full 45 minutes for flower girls because they often do not sit still very well. 
and it takes a lot it, it takes a lot longer than you think even if we're just doing a simple braid if you've ever had a wiggly toddler you know and you have a hot tool and you're trying to not burn them with stuff you kind of got to go a little bit slower so i was like i just I'm not being a pain in the ass. I'm just saying I, I need 45 minutes set aside. If I finish earlier, that's great. That's a good thing. But I don't want to have to rush through the flower girl and then they're running into issues. And if she has a meltdown because she's scared halfway through, then like we need to have extra time for that. And then I was like, and also, you know, the schedule doesn't have any touch-ups time or any wiggle room. If anybody shows up late or, you know, is particularly picky or whatnot, I like to add on an extra 30 minute window at the end, which is why I've set the schedule this way. And I sent her a copy and I was like, here's my PDF. Here's my breakdown. Here's blah, 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 blah. Let me know. Um, Cause like her end time was at two o'clock and my original end time was at one o'clock. And I was like, if we need to switch it to like, eight to two, I can stay an hour later and start an hour later, but I need that extra hour in, in the timeline. Right. And, um, I was like, you know, and I was very, you know, professional about it and was like, Hey, I'm not being a pain in the ass. Let, let me just explain to you why I need that extra hour. Here's a copy of everything. And it was nothing but arguments and pushback. And, I thought we had everything cleared up when I was like, here's my timeline that's on my contract. So this is the timeline that I'm going to be following and not to be a bitch, but it was like, this is what's on my contract. If, if I don't abide by what's on my contract and the bride gets pissed, I have no fallback. Exactly. I can't turn around and be like, well, your wedding planner told me not to show up until nine o'clock. And I didn't have enough time to get my job done. So now everybody ran late. That falls on me. And that's my responsibility that now because I was going by what somebody else told me rather than what was on my contract. And it's like, I'm, I have no problems with changing timing on my contract. But if we're going to change any timing, I need to have an addendum written for my contract and the bride needs to sign off on it. I'm happy to work with planners to adjust timelines and schedules and make everything work and flow perfectly. But at the end of the day, I need to have something in writing and signed by the bride saying we've discussed this. This is now the change of plans. This is what I'm legally responsible for providing at that point. And weeks and weeks and weeks went by and then the the wedding planner sent me you know like the the other company who was doing makeup and whatnot hey everybody here's the timeline and it was literally exactly the same as what she had sent me back in march and i was like um i thought we had this conversation that this wasn't going to work do i need to shift it from eight to two otherwise it's still set as seven to one in my schedule please let me know how you know, we're going to move forward so I can forward the addendum to the bride to make any changes. And it was just like a whole week of back and forth of her telling me she's been a wedding planner for 18 years. And so she's not an idiot when it comes to writing a timeline. And I was like, I'm not calling you an idiot. I'm telling you, you're ignoring what I've told you. You're just completely flat out ignoring me. And so it was, it was a whole big thing. And finally, I think when I, unfortunately, I had to end up CCing the bride on it and being like, um, 
I think you need to kind of get in here and see how this communication is going. What do you want me to do? Because you're the one who signed my contract. You're the one who's leaving me the review and you're the one who's paying me. So like, what, where am I going wrong somewhere here? Like, how can we figure this out? Um, and, And then suddenly everything was back to your schedule works great. Thanks so much for sending that over to me. So I felt like I felt really bad. For have, I felt like I was like going over her head, but it was, just, it kind of just got to the point where it was like, okay, there's some, someone's not listening somewhere. Is it me or what? Like, because. <laughs> I mean, like in that situation, um, I, yeah, which is really unfortunate because again, the planner coordinator is not supposed to make your life harder. It's supposed to make it easier. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, I mean, that's what I, if I had an issue, I mean, just recently I had an issue with, um, whatchamacallit, with a hair and makeup artist where, um, we were told week of wedding that, and yeah, tell me if this is like normal, I don't know, where all of a sudden she's like, yeah, I have to leave in the middle of services, but my second artist is going to be there to finish everybody up. I'll make sure bride is done. But, you know, before I have to leave, but I do have another contract at this wedding, I have to leave and then I'm going to come back. And I was like, okay. Mm. (laughs) Um, And this was like all news to like both me and the bride. And so then I had to get the bride involved and I had just said like, hey, were you aware of this? Just so that we, again, managing expectations. Mm -hmm. Um, And had in the beginning, we had been informed about it you know, then I, we could double check and make sure that everything was fine, that bride was fine, all that type of thing. And bride had no idea. She was like, well, wait, if she's leaving, then like, what am I going to be done? Bride now was going to be done like three whole hours before she's actually supposed to be done. Mm. Um, so yeah, but we've already made like contingency plans, all that type of stuff too. But again, it all comes down to like the big communication and it should be you know, hair and makeup, especially like we, you know, we, I feel like a broken record, but like you guys are the very first vendor to show up and this mm-hmm. is, it, it'll start, like that's how it starts the day. You know what I mean? So, exactly. We set the tone. Exactly. It really, really is important that a planner coordinator and a hair and makeup artist team, um, or whether you're just supplying one or the other services, whatever have you, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. It, that communication needs to happen like ASAP, um, rather than just waiting closer to wedding day. Because um, I've also had hair makeup artists be like, well, we don't have a schedule. We're not going to have a schedule yet up until, like, much later. And then it's like, okay, that's cool. But then much later happens. And, again, I've had experiences where hair makeup artists are like, yeah, we still don't have the schedule yet. And I'm like, but I can't build a timeline then until you confirm with me, like, how much time that you need. Like, just tell me how much time you need, and then I can just draft it up and build it up and then um, – make sure that you have a hard stop by like this time frame. You know what I mean? So again, yeah. I, I, it's just the sooner you can get it done and out of the way. And again, like, you know, you have said Sue, like, um, you can change things. That's fine. I mean, we yeah. can, like, obviously like with our DJs, like they're like, okay, I have a six hour contract. Um, that six hour contract then, you know, it could be, you know, six to 11 or whatever. That's what we're, or it needs to be five to 10 or obviously that's not six hours, but you know what I mean? Like, I just, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Same type of ordeal. We have, we need this amount of time. I need five hours to complete hair and makeup services. Originally, we talked about, like you had just said, um, you know, seven to one. If we need to move it from eight to two, that's fine. I just need you to tell me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, absolutely. I need, I need and that's weird to me that 
you know, you ha- you've worked with some hair and makeup people who can't give you, because there's a difference between a timeline or like a time frame and the schedule. Like I understand there are some hair and makeup people who are very much like, well, I don't put names down. It's just bridesmaid one at this time, bridesmaid two at that time, et cetera, et cetera. And then um, they write an actual like schedule, schedule closer, but they should still know this is the time frame. I need five hours. And that should be, that should be very much a part of somebody's contract Like, how are you going to have a contract and not even have timing on there? Like, it blows my mind that they can't even just be like, well, this is what's on our contract now. Like, what what did they sign then? Some people need to get a better contract. (laughs) Me personally, as a coordinator, like, I don't need to know when bridesmaid number three is getting her makeup done. I don't care. I just need to know how much time do you need to complete your services? Um, What time are you going to start? What time are you going to (laughs) finish? Yes, exactly. That is exactly right. So, and all that to say, but, um, yeah, so I think moral of the story, uh, I think we've kind of like beat a dead horse at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Communication, y'all, like y'all just communicate to your vendor partners. If there is no planner coordinator, then yes, that whole reaching out to, to the photographer and saying like, hey, what time do you need hair and makeup services? Uh-huh. It's the same, same process. So if, if y'all are not exactly a coordinator, so sorry, that really stinks. Um, but the photographer, unfortunately, is going to be, you know, your timekeeper at that point. And so that same intro email that we talked about in the beginning, you mm-hmm. can sort of then reach out to the photographer and introduce yourself, do all that stuff that we had just explained. Um, exactly. And manage and set expectations already from the very, very beginning. So. Yeah. The more you can communicate with vendors directly and work to have everything moving seamlessly, the better of an experience your bride is going to have. Like it's an additional layer of customer service. And I have I have a lot of people who are like, oh, I want to raise my prices and, and blah, blah, blah. And they think that there's so much more that kind of goes into it um, or like getting into the luxury market. Well, I, I need to have more expensive products in my kit or I need to give them this or I need to give them that and all these other things that they feel that they need to do to justify their prices. And it's like, no, continually upgrade your experience and give them a more amazing experience. And how you do that is by making her life easier. You communicate with the planner, you communicate with the photographer, you communicate with the vendor, you make sure that you show up with the table and the chairs and the lights and all the things you don't make her provide those things. That is what luxury is. It is not using, you know, the new Charlotte Tilbury highlighting wand because it's $50. Like that's not what makes a luxury makeup artist. A luxury makeup artist is somebody who's like, I got my shit together. I'm going to show up with a a chair, a table, a lights, all my disposables. I'm going to get there 30 minutes early. I'm going to show up dressed professionally so I'm nice looking in the background of your photos. I'm going to have everything that I need. Oh, that is my biggest pet peeve is people who look homeless in the background. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Put on a nice shirt. Like... pack your car with your all your gear all of that type of stuff um but yeah uh -uh. you don't have to come full glam i'm not exactly don't do all that 
But, like, don't show up in, like, a t-shirt and leggings with some big, random, like, logo on the front. Like, be presentable mm-hmm. because this is your workplace now. You know what I mean? I don't care. Exactly. That, you know, if you want to do that when you're rocking the trial, if you have an in-home studio, okay, cool. That's all you. But, like, yeah. come wedding day, and I know some of y'all, like, hair makeup artists, like, y'all would love to get some pictures back and from the gallery, not only of, like, your brides and your the bridal party and, and all of their beautiful like hair makeup stars that you just you know but you want some of those where you're actually applying the service that you mm-hmm. for. So yeah you want the working photos exactly so that is obviously um it's it's stuff that you like you know you can post it on social like you know it's it i mean i i always love it for me as a planner coordinator it really happened um because the art's supposed to be in the background throughout the entire day but it's yeah Mm-hmm. So if you already go into that mindset of like, hey, there might be a time where I'm going to get my photograph taken, then you need to look the part. And um, and also it just, yeah, it, it's the first impression because though you and the bride might have been having conversations with the entire time, y'all had your hair makeup trial, you guys have a great emotional capital together. You don't have that same thing with her girls, with the mom who might be oh, yes. compensating you for the service. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. So it's every first impressions. Again, no, you don't have to come full glam. I'm not asking you to be like in the Christian Louboutins stilettos. Like, God, no. But like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I say the same thing. And I tell people all the time. It's like, be comfortable. Nobody says you can't be comfortable. Nobody says you need to have your hair and your makeup done to the nines. No. But... Be like unobtrusive in the background. You know, you're you're still there as a professional providing a professional service. You know, no pits, no bits. That's my <laughs> my thing. Like, no pits, no bits. Like, no, none of that stuff hanging out. Please have your bosom covered. Have your armpits covered. We don't need that in people's faces. Okay, like you're gonna have a mama. You're gonna have a grandma who's like who is this person sticking her cleavage in my face while she's trying to do my thing? It's like, you're not there to pick up the groom, honey. He's already taken. Cover it up a little bit. And, and like, I feel like I sound like I'm 90 saying that, but it's just like, you're going to, you're going to be bending over and picking stuff up. And if it's a really beautiful shot, the bride might be like, son of a bitch, there's looking right down my hairstylist's bra, you know, like have, have a, 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 hem or a, not a hemline uh, well yes your hemline too no butts hanging out but you know like have a um neckline that's the word i'm looking for you know that like covers things up like you know you your just photographer will they will take photos of you towards the end if you're like a mm-hmm. or something or they might even ask you just to stage it maybe you're done already applying hair and makeup services to the bride but exactly yeah of, if the bride wants um, has communicated to the photographer that that is some of the photos that she wants a part of her gallery, then the photographer might ask you, hey, can you, like, just stage, like, putting blush on her or putting, like, gloss on or touching up her lip or something like that. So yep. you always have to – and you may or may not know that, like, in the beginning, like, going into it. So just always assume. Just always assume that your picture is yep. going to be taken. You're going to be in the background, like, things of that nature, too. It's just – just yeah. assume that – yeah, just to impress, friends. 
And it does, like you mentioned, set a good precedent with the bridal party because I, I show up all the time and people are always like, oh, wow, you look so nice. It's so early. And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of my job. Look, my job. I'm good at yeah. what I do. Like, you know, they worry that, oh, but it's so early and I'm so tired and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I've been up for two hours already. And look at my face. Like, you wouldn't really tell that I am exhausted myself. Like, you know, it's, I think they sometimes bridal parties forget that we've been up for two, three, four hours before we yeah. even show up, depending on how far away we have to drive. It's like, I have to get up. I have to take a shower, do my hair, do my makeup, load everything into the car and then drive between, you know, 30 to 90 minutes or so um, to, to get to you. And it's like, and look, look how fresh and clean and, and put together I look and it sets a level of confidence where they're like, oh, I'm going to look good too. Because even though it's yeah. early in the morning, she clearly knows what she's doing. And she cares. So, and she exactly. Cares. It, it does. It shows a level of care. I'm not saying like you, you don't, you don't have to have like a full, you know, heavy contoured makeup, but look like I, some I concealer to. under the eyes, put some mascara on, a, a, you know, a little blush and some gloss, like, but actually look like you know, you cared. Um, and like you said, like the t-shirts with the big logos and stuff, unless that's like very specifically part of your branding. Like, cause I do know that there are people like my best friend, Giselle, she's very much into like horror and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of her, her wardrobe kind of reflects that and like heavy metal and yeah. brides book her because they relate to that with her. And so oh, she yeah. has like a blazer. Yeah. yeah. She has a blazer and the inside lining is literally Freddy Krueger. Like you, it's, it's all, it's like burgundy. And then if you like open it up, there's like Freddy Krueger and knives and like stuff like that. And brides get a kick out of it. And they're like, oh, you're wearing your Freddy Krueger jacket. You know, but it's like, that part is part of her branding. Of her branding. Yeah. yeah. She's not showing up. In Birkenstocks with no makeup on, like nothing in a big yeah. like shirt with like Adidas. Or North Face, or Supreme, or I don't, God knows whatever else brand. Like, no. Exactly. Yeah, no. No, no, no. Yeah, you can still be authentic to who you are and make that a part of your branding while being comfortable. But otherwise, it's, you know, it's a good policy. If you, if, if people are saying that you're not worth what you're charging or you're getting a lot of pushback on, you know, your pricing, it's a, it's a clear sign that you are not representing yourself properly online they can't look at the work that you're putting out and the presence that you have online and justify the cost because you're you're not putting out there that you are worth this price with everything that you do and if you're you're putting pictures you know where you're showing up in the background looking half homeless they're gonna be like well why am i gonna pay you three hundred dollars to do my hair you clearly don't invest it into what you wear. Like, you know, like. This is what I tell, I like have conversations with my vendor partners all the time where me as a planner too, if I, especially, um, I know we didn't like get to hit on it, but like if I'm a full service planner where my responsibility is I'm building the vendor team for my company uh-huh. at this point, um, and then obviously we get down to it where it's time to hire hair and makeup people. I will be completely honest with you. I might know, I know, I do actually know, like I know of people that do a great, like their service, the end result is beautiful. But if I know that it is a pain in the ass of an experience to work with that person, 
Um, and that just doesn't go with hair and makeup people. It goes with any vendor. Yeah, like, yeah. You might deliver a wonderful product and end result, but if you are a pain in my bootay, um, mm-hmm. trying to get a hold of you, communication, or you're just, you're difficult to work with, or I don't really know, high maintenance, whatever have you, if it's not really like a blissful type situation where it's going to make a really great client experience as well, like I know that you're going to be able to deliver a client experience really well, I am not going to recommend you. Mm-hmm. I don't care, like, if you've applied makeup for the president, for Jesus, for, like, you know, Kate Moss, I don't, I don't care. I, I it's a, it's because if you are a pain in my booty, I can't yep. recommend you because then, uh, you know, from a full service planner's perspective, if I'm going to recommend people, I mean, that's also. That's your that's reputation on the line. Yeah, that's on me. So, again, it has a lot to do with if you really, truly care about what you do, which a good majority of wedding industry and those that are contributing to it and they're in it, of course they love what they do or else they wouldn't be in it. At least that's my hope, right? But like if you uh-huh. really, truly do care, then you would make sure that you look and act the part as well. Um, and then, again, like you mentioned before, and then it makes everybody happy. And then also I've got another person now that I can recommend to my future couples as well. Be like, hey, Sue is phenomenal. This is what you bring to – like this is what she brings to the table. Her team mm-hmm. is wonderful. This is her communication strategy. This is how she's going to have already this stuff ready for you. She has a questionnaire. She shows up looking absolutely phenomenal. Like she brings all of, she brings her own stuff. Like I'm already, I'm already hyping you up before mm-hmm. my clients even contact you. If that's, if they want to personally contact you or if I'm going to contact them, like I, I I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm not just going to recommend as a full service planner. I'm not recommending vendors and be like, Oh yeah. Like, um, this photographer would be great or this video would be great. Like, let me go ahead and put you guys in touch. No, I tell them more about who that person is, what deliverables that they can, like, I, I'm, I'm your hype squad already. So mm-hmm. again, if you want to be able to continue to have leads or whatever, it's all about that planner, hair, makeup, artist, like communication right up front. If you yep, are absolutely. open to that, I mean, at least from my perspective, if you're open to it and you're great and you're already great with communication, I'm like, oh damn, this person knows what they're doing. They or if they are just starting out, but they're eager and they're, I can tell that they're hungry for like, hey, Katie, like, mm-hmm. what do you need from me? And I'm like, oh damn. Okay. Yep. Right. Yeah. That's great. Let me go ahead and just, you know, do you have any of the future? Do you have a pricing guide? Can I go ahead and put this in my Google Drive so I can like, you know, refer you out to other people? Because if, mm-hmm. if it's a great experience that I'm having as a full service planner, I'm going to refer you. Again and again and again and again. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So many people think it comes down to how good of hair or how good of makeup that they do. And it's like, no, absolutely not. The person down the street can do hair or makeup just as good as you. But if they know how to work with other vendors, if they can provide an outstanding communication and overall experience, then guess what? They're going to get booked over you heads and tails more. And, and it has nothing to do with price. You know, people were like, oh, well, I'm too, I'm too expensive. No one will ever pay that. And it's like, you know, then step up your game, you know, make it worth that price and then learn how to communicate that to people um, and provide that amazing experience and let other people be a referral machine. Like that, my entire business course is really based around that core concept of this is how you're successful. I, 
learn how to communicate properly. Here's how to have your business completely protected. Here is how to brand yourself. Here is how to understand your niche. Here is how to build vendor relationships, how to work better with planners, how to work better with photographers, how to get on the referral lists. I even flat out say in my course, you know, do not invest in the not or wedding wire. Those are not going to build your business relationships with your brides and her vendors and other people in your network. Other people do who do hair and makeup. 99% of my business comes from referrals from other people. I don't have to do anything. I sit back and I let them advocate for my business. They are my marketing strategy, building amazing relationships because people are like, Sue's got her shit together. She's great to work with blah, 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 you should book. And I can continue to just raise my rates as high as I want because the experience that they get will continually get better and better and better to justify that. It's not, I'm raising my prices because now a box of uh, bobby pins is $20 where it used to be six. Yes, that's going to be a part of it, but I'm also like, okay, what can I do to justify this? Because brides don't give a shit that your box of bobby pins is now $20. No. They, they don't care. They're like, that's not, that's not my concern. What do I get? Yes. What is in it for me? me? Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And that's across the board. I feel like sometimes, too, like if people are still, you know, if you've got a listener right now and they're still struggling, being like, oh, Sue, it's so easy for you to say that, but yada, yada. Just think about you as a customer. Take mm-hmm. yourself out of your own, take yourself out of the business owner entrepreneur like position and think about already what you consume on a day in day out basis right yep you like you know you're not going to mcdonald's expecting a ruth chris steak you know what i mean you're not exactly going to ruth chris steakhouse and you're not a, when you go to ruth chris you're not going to be expecting mcdonald's service right you're that's not mm-hmm. it's all about the experience in and of itself yes the end product obviously is phenomenal and if you go to ruth chris you had a great service but then your steak came out not not great you communicate with your server and then they obviously make it right. Cause they're like, we have a standard here at this establishment. This is how we're supposed to do X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's, you have to take yourself sometimes out of it and say, okay, you know, if you're taking a look at the whole financials and where you're pricing your stuff out, take a look at what the experience is that you are currently giving your couples. And then you can even start do market research and start asking some of your like you can ask, you can pull in if you're like in wedding resale, like groups or whatever, sometimes you mm-hmm. pull your people there or you can pull some of your family members or friends or um, like if you, again, if this, if your hair makeup thing is just a side hustle for right now, you're still working a nine to five, ask some of your nine to five coworkers like, hey, you know, if I offered this, what would you expect? What would you pay for this? What would you pay for mm-hmm. this? And then they can give you like an X, Y, and Z. Okay, cool. Thank you so much. Awesome. Take, you know, obviously then do the math of like, okay, yes, we want to make sure you all are breaking even because you guys have product, all that type of thing too. So that has a really big part into it. But then obviously then compare it to the experience that you're currently giving as well. And then you have to be able to balance it out accordingly. Um, mm-hmm. And again, that's like the experience, again, kind of, you know, returning back to like when you show up on wedding day, things like that. You've got already potential leads in the room. So oh, yes. Times for bridal parties, not all of them are married, y'all. Like some of them are single Pringles or maybe they're engaged. And if they are engaged, I can tell you right now, yes, they're still there supporting their bride friend. They are taking mental notes. Oh, absolutely. Mental notes. 
if they're like, okay, how was my friend's wedding going? How has the interaction been with the different vendors that we've been interacting with? And they are taking mental notes. Oh, yeah. When I very first started, the very first um, wedding that I ever did, I was hired just to come in for the bridal party. It was a, a wedding in D.C. and the bride was going to her regular hair salon to have her hair and her makeup done. But the bridal party was going to be getting ready at like um, an Airbnb down the road. And so I was hired just as the makeup artist to come in and do makeup for the bridal party. And the bride came back and, you know, long story short, she didn't really love parts of her makeup. So I kind of just fixed that for her. It was, it was really simple. Like it was just really kind of fixing her lips and, and whatever. But the interactions that I had with that bridal party impressed them so much that like three of them, I think, um, were getting married within the next 18 months. And I basically spent the next two years seeing those same women every six or seven months. And it was really cool because I got to see the evolution of like their marriages and their families grow and stuff like that until eventually, you know, the majority of them had, had been married or moved out of state or, or whatever. But it was nice because it was like, okay, I didn't have to work so hard to try and find more brides and justify my rates. They're like, I already know firsthand what level of experience I'm going to get. Yeah, I'm absolutely going to book with her too. So it was um, much easier. And it was like, it was like kind of like guaranteed income almost, you know, where it was like, okay, I just have to really work on serving every person in this room and making sure that they have an amazing experience right now. And you never know who is going to get engaged a week down the road, who has a sibling or a cousin or another friend who may be looking for what you have to offer. The bridal party is a huge, um, a huge opportunity. I have one family who I've done several of the weddings for over the last, I think 2000. So it's like 11 years now. Um, I started with one and it was a Greek family and there was like 11 bridesmaids and all the, the moms and the aunts and grandmas and everything like that. So it was like 15 people or so that we ended up doing hair and makeup for on that day. And then I've done like four different weddings and it was like one bride, but it was like the other side of the family. So I've done both sides of the family. So she keeps popping up because she's like, oh, this was my husband's family. And then now this is my family. And, you know, it's like the moms have contacted me where they were like, oh, you did the makeup for my niece's wedding. And you did my makeup and you did my daughter's makeup for that. She's getting married now. And I remember the experience of working with you and I want to hire you for my daughter's wedding. You know, it's like, don't discount the other people in the room. You never know what opportunities um, that's going to lead to. Exactly. Exactly. It's, yeah. And it's like a revolving door at that point. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, you don't need to spend so much time and so much money in advertising your business if you're just working on your level of experience because that is going to speak volumes when you're not even in the room. That requires zero brain output. That requires zero amount of time um, on your part. Let other people speak for your business for you. Amen. Amen. Yep. 
Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hopefully everybody listening has a better understanding of like how things work between planners and hair and makeup teams and what they can kind of do um, to make sure that they are, you know, communicating effectively and having a good working relationship rather than there being these kind of last minute issues that pop up. Uh, being proactive is like really the name of the game here. Exactly. Yeah, pretty much. That's, that's how it all really boils down to it. So, well, thank you so much for having me. This was a really great conversation, a much needed conversation. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So communicate, show up professionally, give a high level of experience, um, but basically communicate. Yeah, <laughs> the more and the sooner you can, the better. So, well, thank you so much for everybody for listening today. I will see you again next week. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you feel empowered, knowledgeable, and capable of handling anything that your business throws your way. Don't forget to subscribe to get access to new episodes as they are released each week on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Love today's episode? Let me know. Leave me a review and tell me what your biggest takeaway was from the conversation. Have a request for a future topic or someone you'd like to hear me interview? Find me on Instagram at beautybizcollective and drop me a DM. And if you're hungry for more actionable content to help you grow your bridal business, go to www.swearsanddoeshair.com slash bookmorebrides to sign up for my free on-demand training and learn how to book better quality brides faster, easier, and with less stress.